Um, so we're here with Brass Faella, uh, a good friend of ours, um, someone who I've had the pleasure of working with um, years and years ago now, um, but one of the most um, genuine and um, knowledgeable people in, in our hospitality that I've ever worked with. Um, and you've recently uh, just finished up at ARIA, right, as the... Yeah, yeah one of the senior sommeliers. Okay. And um, yeah. you're probably some, <laughs> we said this to Nick, it's like you're probably some of oh, the last person um, you'd ever think to, um, I guess, lose their job at any any moment really because you're just, you know, one of the most reliable people and um, it's and you work extremely hard. And hearing you call on, uh, I think it was Sunday night, wasn't it, being like, hey, guess what? You yeah. know, like um, this is the situation. Um, what's that? Yeah, how's how's the last uh, few days been for you? And uh, yeah, what's what have you been dealing with it? Yeah, it's been it's been uh, pretty fascinating um, seeing us essentially lose the entire casual workforce um, from hospitality around the country um, in less than a week was uh, devastating. Um, some of the hardest days I've ever had in hospo and i've been in hospo for 17 years 18 years now um it's like nothing i'd ever seen just entire businesses entire companies whole groups just losing every single casual employee that they had um but we kind of knew it was coming um, we knew that after new york and london had been shut down that at some point all of our businesses were going to go kind of we're all going to get shot. Um, so, yeah, it was a bit surreal. It was a bit of a slow death from the government, unfortunately. Um, and one of our mates posted something saying, um, I wish they'd just take us out the back and shoot us because we just were waiting for it to happen, but we just had to keep trading and have restrictions and restrictions and lay off staff and kind of get to the point where, yeah, Sunday night was a bit of a relief more than anything. Um, actually having some finality around it. Um, but yeah, it's been it's been unlike a week that I don't think anyone in hospital has ever had. Um, there's gener generationally speaking, we haven't ever seen a, a crisis like this um, and nothing's affected, although it is affecting everyone in every industry, um, nothing's affected hospital like this, I don't think, not to this extent, so. Mm. You, you were saying the other night how it was uh, really surreal being in there serving customers. I don't know when that was. Was that last week? Or um, and you said you know you had all the ta the tables had to you, you, like the setup of the venue was really much more spread out, and people were still complaining about um, you know certain things. Like it, it just sounds like a, a strange dream, huh? Like when you're explaining that. Yeah, it was almost like a dream because um, we went to like you know. Defcon, I don't know what, and everyone went to like you know full cleaning shifts and getting everything to the point of being as sterile as possible, and yeah, taking so many tables out of the restaurant. Customers sitting there going, "Oh, geez, you're busy tonight." We're like, "Sorry, like this." Like we usually do three times these covers, um, and yeah, like facing the fact that if we had been open this week. We would have gone down from 14 services a week down to five. Um, but, yeah, and then people just, whether they were being belligerent or just naive and saying, oh, yeah, I'm sure it'll just blow over next week and 
can we have a table against the window? I'm like, oh, wow. So, but yeah, the joys of Hosper, you see everything. Mm. And, and, and what's been, so, yeah, what's, what's happened with the, like the restaurant is completely closed, right? You, you mentioned that Solopel closed everything apart from a couple of bottle shops. Yep, yep. Um, so a lot of the groups have, have done that. Um, Mirabelle has shut every venue. Soltel has shut every venue apart from our two bottle shops that we have. The Fink Group has done the same. Um, for our venues, that there's that old adage in hospitality that we run on the smell of an oily rag. Um, like it really is not like how it used to be where you were just had ridiculous profit margins. Like we can't realistically open for takeaway or, you know, for that kind of thing. It's just, it's just not, it's just not an option for us. Um, but you're looking at Meribar with more than 70 venues, our group with more than 30 venues. Um, and yet losing every single member of staff to essentially leave without pay um, almost instantaneously. Um, it's going to be interesting to see how hospitality looks around the world the other side of this. Um, yeah, it's, it's, yeah, it's like you said, surreal. Yeah, it's it's almost like, um, you know, what that looks like in the future is just is just going to be so different because it's going to be such a slow build back to having a busy public-facing um, restaurant, you know? Like, it, this is going to have, yeah. like, a really long-lasting impact on on everyone's, you know, yeah. habits and, and way of living and way of life. It's, um, yeah, it's going to be really interesting to see how that plays out over the next, you know, how, how long it takes. Yeah. Yeah, it's, um, it's mental. Um, it's, it's nice to see, though, how uh, adaptable uh, smaller venues have been, uh, particularly ones that can do takeaway. Um, friends of mine who run... Um, a pizza place in the Shire called Queen Margarita, um, like literally got to the point of re-designing re, uh, their website um, within days to set up um, essentially an online shop that you can order and buy pizza, pasta, everything, even alcohol now that those um, licensing laws have been relaxed. Um, yeah, that, that adaptation has been, has been pretty remarkable for the people that can adapt um, yeah, it's been it's been pretty epic. So they can try and kind of break even and just make it through, um, and then hopefully thrive on the other side of it. And the, the alcohol, were those alcohol laws um, changed instantaneously? Like how long how long was that process? Yeah, so that was uh, state government uh, introduced. Um, it was I think following from New York, where New York let um, bars and restaurants do takeaway alcohol. Um, to the point of doing takeaway cocktails, which when, you know, we were following it through Instagram and through the news, um, it was really, really exciting to see that, you know, bars that realistically just rely on like a small amount of people coming into a small bar every night to sit there and, and buy drinks that got, you know, whole world got turned upside down. Um, the Victorian government led that by pretty much just overnight changing the licensing laws so that if you were on premise, then you could, um, then you could sell booze. New South Wales was a little bit slower, but kind of used to that with, um, with liquor licensing here. Um, but yeah, it was good to see, particularly for people that, you know, they just have a, a, a massive amount of their, their assets locked up 
Um, so to turn those then into liquid assets, um, yeah, it's, 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 it's huge. Yeah. yeah, it's great. Yeah, I'll, I, it just made me think like I first realized the severity of it with hospitality is um, I think it was uh, two Sundays ago and I was watching Holy Belly's story, you know, like on Instagram. Yeah. And they're, they're giving away mm. 10,000 euros of food. You know, they're just all in there just going like packing everything, frantically getting it out. So, you know, at least they, have it. They, they, at least they can give away their food to community and, and, ha- and end on a, on a high note. Yeah. And I was just watching that being like, oh my gosh, like this is so, like it's a heartbreaking for me just knowing the story of that place and, and, see, and how good they are with social media. You know, you see everyone connecting into that place around the world and to just yeah. see them like overnight be like, all right, we're just getting rid of everything and like tomorrow we're gone. Yeah. You know, it's like. And even that as a, as a challenge in itself of how do you get rid of that much food? How do you get rid of the amount of food that you have for the potential of, you know, doing hundreds, if not thousands of covers in a week. And how do you just snap change and just get rid of it? Um, for a friend of mine that was, uh, he was one of the head chefs at Rockpool group that have, um, um, like, you know, like hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of covers coming in every day. Um, like they were just looking at like staring down the barrel. Um, I think one of the cool things is that we've seen is a lot of food going out to staff, um, which has been great because obviously they're just kind of, they don't want to waste it. A lot of food being donated to um, homeless and homeless shelters, um, which is kind of a bit of a silver lining there. Um, And yeah, just doing what you can in a situation. Um, When we spoke to you last night, Bryce, you were talking about you know, there's challenges that we've had to overcome that we would never have thought we would have had to think about. Um, mm-hmm. You know, that's that what you just mentioned just now is one of them. But what are some of the other things that were just really surprising that you would you would have to consider? Um, I think one one of the challenges on the flip side, which has been really interesting, because um, I started my, a new job today. Um, which was amazing. Um, <laughs> um, just with an online um, <laughs> retailer, which is essentially still in hospitality, um, is the uptake in business on this side um, for these for these guys. Um, so some people have just kind of had to work out how to cope with being so much busier. Um, for people that have essentially lost everything, um, we even got to the point where, and this is one thing that we were talking about last night, is how do you lock down a venue for an indefinite period and what are you preparing for? Mm-hmm. And we were obviously locking down the venue for the absolute worst because we don't know how bad this is going to get. We don't know if it's going to get to, uh, and it's as dire as it sounds and as you know pessimistic as it sounds, does, does it get to martial law? Does it get to a full lockdown where people don't even go onto the street? And do you have to worry about you know, theft and robbery and looting and you know, that kind of thing? Because, yeah, that's, that was like we're standing in front of our cellars and our fridges and our, like the amount of stock that we have going, how do we make this secure? That was, that was pretty mental. Um, I think one of the hardest things uh, for me and one of the most heartbreaking things for me um, is the amount of people that we rely on in this industry that are on working visas, uh, working holiday visas, 
that are in transition into getting per- permanent residency or in transition to becoming citizens. Mm. Um, and they're in limbo still. Um, they can't fly home. Even if they wanted to, they couldn't. Some of them, particularly if they're from Northern Italy, like, do you fly straight into the fire there? Um, but now that everything internationally is closed, like, they don't know if they have access to any government support. And if they're on a working holiday, working in hospitality, essentially just above minimum wage, how do they afford to survive for weeks, if not months? Um, and that was a, like a harrowing thing for an employer like mine where they rely on the fact that we have so many of these amazing, talented people, whether it be chefs, front of house, sommeliers, managers, whatever it is. And they couldn't tell them because the government hadn't changed policy yet as to what they were going to do. Like, I don't even think you can possibly comprehend or cope with that. And that's a challenge that you can't even, like you can't tell people. You've got to sit there and say, hey, you don't have a job. And we don't know if you can get any money from our government because you're essentially not a citizen. So, but you have to stay here. Yeah, it's like they can almost get trapped as trapped fugitives, almost. You know, like, yeah, because um, there's no way, no way out. And and um, that's, I was thinking about that. Like we have, we have a friend right now who's like out in um, in uh, in Bathurst. No, Dubbo in Dubbo. And and you and you know like like you know like um, the the amount of money um, people pay to try and live in Australia over a long period of time is like so much compared to how much they're earning and 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 yeah like for for people right now um, yeah that's a that's a really serious issue that we're going to be yeah you know. um, I was also looking at going and helping a friend of mine um, pick grapes because the Macedon Ranges. Um, still hasn't fully ripened so i was like well i'm probably gonna lose my job i'll come down you know i'll just work for a couple of weeks and you know do whatever i can obviously now with the borders closing um and everyone's movements being restricted and having quarantines in place um the wine industry essentially for picking relies on um, a lot of internationals um, and a lot of people that move from vineyard area to vineyard area to pick um, and they're saying down there that they essentially can't get pickets. So for someone like my mate Ben Rankin from Willamy Wines who a few weeks ago, if not a month ago, lost almost half of his crop from hailstorm um, after probably one of the most dire seasons that we've seen for wine growing in Australia um, ever, um, is now faced with the fact that he may not be able to get his fruit off the vines to make the wine. Um, so it's it's all of these these flow-on effects that, you know, when we had to call our florist to say, we don't have work for you and she's in tears because she doesn't have work anywhere because she does so many restaurants and she does weddings and, you know, our cleaners that don't have work or our dry cleaners that are going to have to shut because there's no one in the city. And, yeah, it's that flow-on effect that I think everyone looks at oh, you've lost your job, but your business shutting, how many jobs does that funnel out to? Um, yeah, it's it's just, it's crazy, crazy. It just really shows how connected everybody is. Yeah. 
even though that we have to socially distance one and a half metres. <laughs> no, you, you guys are in isolation, so that's yeah, fine. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> even for me, I'm, I'm essentially in isolation now because my, my flatmates are stuck in South Australia. Um, so, nice. like, they can't even come home if they want to. So, yeah, it's just, yeah. This will be something that will be, you know, you'll be telling stories to your kids and grandkids about. Um, you live through it. Mm. And, and tell us tell us more about, so you've, you've <laughs> no surprises, but you've bounced back uh, into something else very quickly um, to, to keep yourself going. Um, what's What does that look like right now? You're set, because that's in the online, um, you know, retail space, right? Yeah, yeah. So essentially just warehouse work, um, packing and picking and packing, making boxes, but it, it's work. I'm so, 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 so stoked that um, I jumped on an Instagram post that I saw from um, a friend of mine, Banjo, who runs um, Good Pair Days. Um, so it's Melbourne-based, but they've got their warehouse in Sydney. Um, they do packs and... Um, you know, online wine subscriptions and deliveries. And, yeah, they've seen um, the business pick up to levels where they're busier than last Christmas because people are just buying Armageddon-level wines, I think, um, and just going crazy. Uh, no one's going to the bottle shop, essentially. Um, but, yeah, it was I'm working with um, a chef as well who was coming, who came back from working in London um, to get... Um, his citizenship or his residency all sorted out and now can't go back home. So um, the two of us have picked up work. But I think that's going to be um, a lot of people, that flexibility and that adaptability um, that you kind of just have to find what you can do. Um, I think there's going to be a fair few people that are going to be sitting on benefits and they're going to be pretty stoked about it. <laughs> I think a lot of Xboxes and Playstations are going to get an absolute workout. Um <laughs> That yeah, I kind of if I could get work, I would be the first one to jump on it. No, it's still working with wine essentially, but um, yeah, just in a just in a different facet. But yeah, I couldn't be happier. Um, that's the that's the quickest I've gotten out of bed at six a.m. in a long time. <laughs> well, yeah, usually, usually yeah, not many, not many sommeliers get out of bed at six a.m. Let me tell you. Yeah, it's when you get into bed, right? <laughs> Yeah, possibly. <laughs> um, and, and Bryce, like um, you, you were just talking a bit about uh, then about how people are having to be a little bit um, inventive in a sense. Like, what what are some of the creative um, things that you're seeing in the industry of people um, with their business? You know, where they're moving. Um, I think with um, keeping their own staff on to do deliveries. Um, was huge. Um, I think with the invent of um, like big third-party delivery companies um, that we've seen just a, such a massive uptake of um, in the last couple of years, um, but particularly since, you know, everyone's been told to isolate um, like the business for mm. these third-party delivery companies would just be like exponential. But I'm seeing smaller businesses trying to keep their own staff on so they can make those deliveries and essentially just pay those pay those staff to keep them in a job, um, which was fantastic. Um, yeah, like Lee, you know, getting um, 
getting someone to to rework his website so that he essentially has an online shop and then they changed the legal laws and he had to put his entire wine list on on there um you know that that kind of creativity is really really good um seeing venues that have never done any level of takeaway before um make a snap change and just all of a sudden offer their entire menu mm. i think last week was probably the best time to take away in sydney ever yeah. <laughs> you saw places that you would absolutely love to go to um and you were like what for that much i can get that at home and they'll deliver it to me on the back of the scooter it's like wow it's amazing um but yeah it's just that kind of if you had have told them before this um had it happened if you had have said to someone if your business shuts down what would you do i think people would have been kind of like oh that'll never happen it's fine you know um but in the face of adversity people have literally moved to heaven and earth um to keep their not only their own businesses going but to keep their employees employed um because it's such a beautifully connected industry that we're a part of um we all know each other and we all support each other so much tom knows that from working in the industry with me um for a little while and like that group of friends from that business we still see each other so regularly and you know if we catch up it's it's like we you know it's it's like time hasn't passed um so yeah seeing that has been has been really great i think the support um that everyone's been able to give has been has been normal yeah yeah you definitely you definitely see the unity that's coming out of um these the separation of the enough you know um yeah even just like us doing this these podcasts like we're like it's it's been so fun because we've been reaching out to you know all, all our, our friends and colleagues and stuff and just checking in and, and it's like you just realize how um you know like this just kind of give it gives you a fresh perspective of on on it all on life and and um yeah. know, all the good things that we still have i think probably more phone calls would have been made in australia last week than probably ever like um i think it's funny when you it's see like people like they see all come in huh people are actually actually using facetime like for, yeah for but like people, people normally just answer their phone and be like oh my god why is someone calling me like it's like a pleasure to pick <laughs> up and like hear someone's voice like we we're talking we we're laughing about that the other day actually um we're sitting down having a drink after work packing everything up and we we're saying to um luca who's he's from northern italy and he doesn't know what he's going to do because he's one of these guys in limbo and we were saying like suggesting ideas like go and steal the manly ferry and drive that home or like you know just ludicrous ideas because why not um but yeah it's um yeah it's it's yeah it's just to yeah what a crazy what a crazy crazy time but yeah it's i think on the other side of it as well, I think I don't think we'll see um, the same world in hospitality that we were used to. I think everything will change, um, whether it's subtly or drastically, it'll change. Um, and I think this is going to bring out more, um, and I've unfortunately seen it bring out the worst in some people as well. Um, we've heard of one of the kind of medium-sized groups um, that are Sydney-based that have 
shut their doors, lost all of their, let go of all of their employees, but aren't paying out benefits. So annual leave and long service leave, um, whether or not that, whether that in itself isn't, is or isn't contractually legal um, is going to be a different story. But like seeing people do that um, in such a dire situation, um, like that's heavy. It's so heavy. Mm. If you'd worked there 10 or 20 years with that company and then you come out on the other side of it and you've got your last paycheck and that's it, like that's just horrendous. Um, so I think when everything does go back to whatever we see as relative normality, um, it'll it'll sort a lot of people out and, yeah, anyone who's burnt their bridges um, will get sorted out pretty quickly. So Yeah, yeah. and hopefully... Um the government or um, some support will come for a lot of these businesses too, just to just to soften the blow because it's a it's a huge blow. Um, but, but I guess that's the nature of business too. You gotta you gotta adapt when um, it's time to adapt. Shift and you gotta shift and and um, be always be at the at the position where you've um, you know got enough to to clear yourself when. <laughs> she hits the fan, like, but uh, and then she hits the fan. <laughs> so, but yeah, it's just a, it, it's an amazing time to be alive. I think like this has just been like it's like being inside of a thriller movie or something, you know? It's like yeah, oh. I imagine the movies they're gonna make about COVID nineteen. Yeah, we we like, having- pandemics. Pandemics already the most downloaded series on Netflix, so <laughs> it's gonna go mental. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Um, no, we we've uh, we've definitely been making the most out of it. Like we've been we've been although we've been kind of isolated, we've been making the most of it. We've been having we've been laughing a lot too. Yeah. Yeah. yeah there's been lots of there's been lots of laughs, and you've just got to kind of um, stay as positive as you can. Um, you've got to understand also that um, whatever your position is, you're arguably never going to be the person in the worst position um it's like i had so many people calling me which was amazing um to see how i was doing because they obviously knew and understood the gravity of the situation and the fact that i was going to lose my job um but i was like i'm like i'm fine i can i can i can bounce back i can rebound but i also am very very well aware that i'm in nowhere even in the league of being the worst off out of this situation um yeah, like a bit of bit of humility. Yeah, you lose your job. Yeah, like you know, might have to take a pay cut or get benefits or you know, um, yeah, take a real savage hit to your pride, which I think a lot of people are going to struggle with. But mm. I'm like, I'll put pink hives on and go into a warehouse, whatever. Like <laughs> that is not going to phase me at all. Um, but I think there's a lot of people who aren't going to be able to kind of comprehend doing jobs that they never thought they were going to have to do. Um, I never thought I was going to have to be faced with going on Centrelink and possibly moving back in with my parents at 33. But, hey, that's what's happening. So, um, yeah, take it every day as, as, as it comes and, yeah, use as many support networks as you can. Like, you know, yeah. just talk to people. Yeah. Yeah, cool. Good outlook, Bryce. Gotta stay positive. Yeah. That's right. And drink delicious booze as well. (laughs)
<laughs> yeah, we'll have to come around uh, once once the the distancing is stopped and um, yeah, help you out. Once we can congregate in groups of more than two, then it's fine. <laughs> For now, we're just on the quarantine. Yeah, quarantine is virtual beers. Cheers, mate. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> All right, thanks, guys, man. Mate, absolute pleasure. Thank you so much for having me on. Um, Wait, uh, yeah. One, la one last thing. Where can we find you on socials? What's your What's your um, social media ads? Oh, mate, search my name. B R Y C E F A I E double L A. Um, so probably going to change the fact that mine says. Um, senior simile at Aria because <laughs> that's not a thing anymore. <laughs> um, yeah, the box maker, box maker at um, at Good Pair Days um, for the time. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, um, but yeah, no. Um, like I said, try and always land on my feet. But yeah, um, yeah, you'll be able to follow my adventures of warehousing on Instagram. It'll be exciting. Um, and yeah, probably drinking some delicious wine that I didn't think I was going to open at this stage. So, <laughs> again, awesome. Well, that sounds great. Thanks, Brad. Yeah, yeah. Thank you very much, guys. And uh, yeah, shed looks great, by the way. Thank you. <laughs> the oh, and check out the. Um, we even have like a net up there with a lobster. That's a lobster in the net. So lobby's in the net, yeah. mate. You caught one. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> All right, see you, Bryce. All right, mate. We'll see you soon. Thanks, guys. See you later. Bye-bye. Yeah.